BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Circa. Love the world you live in and we will help you explore it. Yeah, we'll start with a story. In the space of a weekend, I experienced two polar opposite extremes, which is pretty common for a travel raider. On one side of the weekend, I was flying in a helicopter to Monaco. I go home, I wash my clothes, I kiss my husband, I repack my suitcase, and I head to the airport again. Uh, This time I'm on Wizz Air, which is a low-cost airline, (laughs) and um, I'm in the back row, and I have my laptop open, frantically writing about yachts, and I'm on my way to Romania. Picture me in Romania, um, smelling soil and licking rocks, because I'm there to talk about the terroir of Romanian wine. (laughs) But (laughs) those two scenarios are actually pretty standard for a working travel writer. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes you're on a helicopter and sometimes you're on Wizz Air. (laughs) That is, of course, Nicole on taking the good with the bad and going wherever the story takes her and by whatever means, first class or not. We're at episode six, and today, well, we're going to look at a life in travel writing. Press trips, competitive travel writers, revisiting old places for new stories, and the difficulties that brings up. Also, Nicole's obsession with being quote-unquote prolific, and on writing her first novel, Girls Who Travel, which you can get anywhere you get books. As always, I'm going to let the writer do the talking So let's go on a press trip with the awesome Nicole Trillivas. There's copious amounts of time spent in the airport. I mean, you're in the airport for so long, it's a travel writer. And press trips are usually jam-packed. You know, there's no alone time, there's no downtime. And that's because, um, especially when you're traveling on behalf of a destination, you know, they want to show you everything. They want to show you every... It's like being with a little kid and they're showing you their room and they want to show you, like, literally every single toy. (laughs) And it's great because they're so excited about it, but it's also exhausting. And it's not that I don't like being around people, I really like it, but I just need my time alone to recharge afterwards. So um, some press trips I find really challenging when they're more than, you know, three or four days long and they're group press trips uh, because I don't get any alone time. and, And that's really, for me, emotionally exhausting and physically exhausting for a lot of time, too. Press trips could be so much fun or they could be hell on earth. (laughs) And it really comes down to who you're with. 
I always say, listen, we're, we're here writing about travel, right? We don't work in finance. If you cannot have fun doing this, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> I usually have a really good time on press trips. I mean, it's also really super good for networking. You meet other journalists, you meet freelancers, you meet editors, you meet PR people, you get you know an intimate knowledge of the destination. So it can be really, really good for you career-wise as well. You know, not to like look at everything as super, um, you know, opportunistic, but that's the case. Like you're going to be talking with editors, and then when the editors can put a face to that name, they're probably more likely to commission you. I think PR people have a really hard time because travel journalists, myself included, we become kind of helpless the minute someone tells you like what to do and what to wear and where to be. <laughs> so like if I was on my own trip, I would know exactly like all the details. But when you know someone's taking care of you, you're always just like you, you become very lazy about it. So PRs have to, you know, they do a good job, you know, keeping everybody in check. You sometimes get these old kind of like legacy journalists who were doing it, you know, back in with Hemingway as a colleague and, you know, um, <laughs> Tom said, like, you know, back in the day when they were hanging out with them, sure it was cooler, but <laughs> they can sometimes be a little bit insufferable. <laughs> necessarily a competitiveness to it, but it's nice being around other journalists because you know you have to find a different story. And if you actually read the content that comes out of a press trip, you'll be really surprised about just how different everyone's take on it was. Because people specialize in different things, they focus on different things, they remember different things. Um, so I always think that that's super interesting to think to see. And you realize, too, there's not much by way of competition. Everyone has their own take. We'll be back after the break with more tips from Nicole. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If I'm going back to a same the same place, though, um, yeah, I think I would challenge myself to see it differently or to focus be focused on a different angle entirely. Because um, I remember once I went to Swedish Lapland, and I was going to write about the food. And when I was there, I realized there was this really, really cool design scene, not only from sort of um, a visual sense, like this really cool just artwork, but like really cool practical designs. I mean, it's very Scandinavian. Like, for example, they had um, these backpacks, which were a museum and a backpack, and they would give you these little like almost like arts and crafts things to do. Like one was woodworking and one was going to see this place and there was like an interactive map that you can tour this place with and just a lot of like cool, funky ways to, and you wouldn't necessarily think that, you know, Swedish Lapland was this really cool design hub. So I think if I had, if, if I went back to Swedish Lapland, you know, it would be great to be like, okay, now I'm going to just focus on the food. And not really like let myself get, you know, quote unquote, let myself get distracted by by a, a different story. 
I'm always, I'm, I'm obsessed with being a prolific writer, about keeping my byline in the news, about always having clips, about keeping my name in PR's mouths, you know, making sure that I'm at the top of the list when it, when it comes to these assignments and those kind of things. Um, but what ends up happening because of that attitude is my work suffers. You know, I take on too much and I spread myself too thin. So what I really want to focus on in the future is... Um, could I do anything else? I could, but I wouldn't want to. But what I would like to do is more long form, more really considered beautiful writing, well thought out pieces that I have, you know, a week or two to churn out rather than, you know, a few days, which is what I normally do. So um, I'm competitive with myself in that way. And it's so easy to get stuck in this routine and forget that it doesn't have to be this way. Like such a good part about freelancing and the writer's life is you can make it exactly what you want it to be. If you don't want to do this full time and you just want to write one or two pieces a year, like really beautiful long form that's going to be published in Condé Nast Traveler or Nat Geo Traveler, you know, you can do that. Or if you want to be this very newsy writer whose byline is always in the press, you could do that as well. So you just have to figure out what serves you best and make the life that suits you. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, though, my book isn't really a travel book. It's um, it's fiction. So it's, um, a, I always call it a travel-themed romantic comedy. To me, the fact that there's no genre that's travel fiction is really crazy. Like, I think you're missing a trick. Because, I mean, there's all these travel... Um, travelogues and these journals and these real-life experiences, which are fantastic, but it kind of sucks that you have to have all these things happen to you. Like, if you're not lucky enough to have all these cool experiences, that shouldn't mean you shouldn't get to write about travel. <laughs> and I mean, like, even the premise of the book, um, it's about this girl who becomes an au pair. Like, when, it, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, it would be really cool to be an au pair, you know, and get to travel the world that way. And one of my friends from, I think, high school had ended up doing it. And I remember looking at her Instagram pictures and she was traveling all, the, all around with this, like, wealthy family. And I was like, this is such a cool way to see the world. And that's, that was like a little seed that sparked the book. But yeah, I mean, like, I wanted something, too, that just, like, travel doesn't have to be a super serious topic either. You know, some of my favorite travel pieces are the kind of, the ones with like the great turn of phrase that make you smile and like the creative ways of describing something. So I wanted all of that, the stuff that I love about travel writing to be in this piece, but I didn't want to be hemmed in by reality. When I was younger, like, I just gobbled up anything, like any kind of travel-related content. Even when it's not like traditional travel content, anything that was set in a different place, you know, that really, really intrigued me. Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, like if Indiana Jones was set in like, you know, Idaho, I would have been like, I still probably would have been like, that looks cool, I'm going to Idaho. <laughs> Thanks for listening to part six of our travel writer's journey 
with Nicole Trillivis. All other episodes are available right now in the Circa app, ad-free, or anywhere you get your podcasts. This series was produced and edited by me, Neil Innes, and executive produced by Stacey Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Abby Glajanski. Huge thanks to Nicole for her time and wisdom. Be sure to check her out on Instagram and Twitter at Nicole Trilleves or at NicoleTrilleves.com. Continue or listen to this journey again right now in the Circa app. Circa. Love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it.